Welcome to your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick. It's Bob. Today we delve into the realm of reprehensible people, both real and fictional. For some reason, I'm fascinated by mean-spirited people who lack a moral compass. I can't really relate to them, and at the same time, I can't seem to look away. Nick is the perfect person to help me figure out this mild addiction. I don't expect him to cure me of this odd fascination, but I know he'll ask the right questions to shine a little light on my darker side. And that's always fun. Enjoy. Uh, I'm, I'm again, listening like a crazy person to books, and one of the books that I'm listening to right now is I Alone Can Fix This, um, which is a book about the the last year in the Trump White House by Carol Lennig and Philip Rucker, who are two Washington Post journalists. Yeah, Uh, and it at first I was like, I don't want to go there again. I don't want. I was I lived through that, but what I'm learning is. I'm seeing it from the other perspective. I'm seeing all of these events that I witnessed through the television screen, through my computer, through conversations with my friends, but now I'm seeing it through the lens of behind the scenes in the White House with the players participating, and they assembled really quite a story here. And uh, it's it, it's worse than you think it is. I mean, it's worse than you you, you listen to the stories. And, it's, and these are people like higher level people that are in the White House. Oh, everybody in the White House, yeah. all, all the way up to Donald Trump uh, at the time and his chief of staffs, his chiefs of staff, his, uh, you know, the, the uh, general in the room. You know, it's all these very powerful people and just everybody protecting themselves from the president, everybody posturing themselves around the president. I mean, it's like there are so many bad players, so many people that are just in it for their own their own gratification their own self-promotion their own egos and ambitions that it's it's you don't like any of them it's it's funny because i think i'm into stories i'm watching the show succession now on Mm -hmm. hbo and one of the things that sets this show apart from other shows is i don't like anybody in this show there's not a single person in this show that i actually like there's no one to root for Right. Yeah. Every time they introduce a person and you think that, okay, maybe this person, like the cousin, for example, yeah, that you think he's just this goofy guy and he's He's going to be innocent and he's the audience surrogate, right? Like, so we're seeing it kind of through his eyes because he's kind of fresh to this. They have to explain stuff to him. Bright eyed and bushy tailed. Yeah. He turns out to be garbage. Everyone. And you know, I, I, I don't know that it's true that you're around money and power and then you turn into a garbage person, but that is kind of one of the things they're telling us. It's a big theme that, that seems to yeah. show up a lot. And uh, I don't know. Again, I can't, I don't want to overgeneralize. This is the other thing. I'm trying really hard to get the always, never out of my mouth. Yeah. I'm trying to get those global terms out of my mouth because every time I speak them, I'm easily proven wrong. Somebody shows up and proves me wrong. And it's like, why do I keep using those words? We can't generalize to that extent. It takes effort to be specific. It takes effort not to paint a broad brush across something. Uh, and this is what I'm learning now. So uh, I, I, I think I feel that way about you know, people who gravitate towards extreme power and extreme wealth. Uh, there's something there that unites those folks that probably is, is something that I don't have, mm-hmm. something that doesn't speak to me. You know, so I can't relate to them. But I don't want to overgeneralize. That probably makes me weaker than those who do because Well, let me ask you this. Why do you why do you watch that? You don't like any of the characters. <laughs> I mean, it's a very interesting story. There are funny parts, there are dramatic yeah. parts, there are tense parts. Um, and there was one or two lines from 
and I can remember the uh, uh, the Eric there's name, but he's so good in everything that he does. The father, the patriarch, Brian Cox, incredible, yeah, right. And there were a couple of lines, especially when he was in England for his daughter's wedding, mm-hmm. where he described why he didn't want to be there, why he doesn't like being there, yeah. and it being about the old money and them just kind of sitting on their laurels and. There's no innovation there. There's no drive for more because they've already done everything. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that helped me because it's uh, basically he's a Rupert Murdoch uh, sort of character, more or less. And that made me understand a little bit more about his motivation. Yeah. And you can see that in in, in all the characters there. I think their motivations are relatively clear, right? Yeah. We We know why they are, how they are. And all the kids of, of Logan Roy, right, are awful human beings but then you look who raised them and you think to yourself how could they emerge anything but you know fighting for this man's affection as you go and so yeah or even I, being blackmailed by this guy oh right right oh they're at each other's throats real time <laughs> real but they are family in the end which is weird unto itself as yeah. well uh, but i think the reason i watch it and i like it is the same reason that i watch horror and i like it yeah i think it's it's something that uh fascinates and scares me a little bit it's something that I don't see in my everyday life. And so I get to kind of expand my view, although it is fiction, obviously. But I think a, a lot of it is also drawn from stuff that we see in the news and stuff that we see in the media. Oh, sure. With this in particular. And and the actors in the series are very good. I mean, so good. by the way, Brian Cox, you may or may not know this, was the original Hannibal Lecter. Yes, in the um, Mindhunt, not Mindhunter. Uh, and, uh, uh, Red Dragon. Well, was, it wasn't called Red Dragon. Was it, called, no. it was called Manhunter then, I believe. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and uh, it was with uh, William, um, the guy from CSI. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who I yeah. never really liked that much, but he kept showing up in things that I liked, and uh, and then he was in To Live and Die in L.A. Uh, oh yeah, which I I loved that movie for one simple reason. Spoiler alert, fans! Uh, if you don't want to know how this movie ends, block your ears right now. Uh, he was the main character in the movie, the main detective, the guy going after the bad guy, right? The, the counterfeiter, uh, played by Willem Dafoe, and he's closing in, and then he gets shot in the face with a shotgun. And he's killed. He's dead. Boom. End of the lead character, and there's still like 20 minutes left in the movie. And I had never seen that before that. Yeah. And when it happened, I was utterly shocked and completely thrilled because I'm like, I totally did That's not see different. that happening. Yeah. And then you watch his underling, uh, the guy who you saw no potential in really uh, step up and be the badass at the end of that movie. And it was just, yeah, it was a kind of little, it was a fun little twist. So yeah, I got to watch that again, but now I know how it ends. I, guess I won't. <laughs> Ruined that. Thanks hey, I did. Yeah, a spoiler alert to our listeners, but not to my podcast partner. <laughs> Sometimes friendly fire. Sorry about that. That happens. <laughs> hey, it's Nick. Thank you so much for tuning in, especially as we try to remember the names of movies. The name of the movie that starred Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter was Manhunter, and that featured William Peterson as Will Graham. Mindhunters was a not-so-great movie from the early 2000s about FBI cadets going through a serial killer simulation on an island that goes horribly wrong. Now, Mindhunter, singular, is a show on Netflix about how serial killer profiling got its start in the FBI, Someone once said I kind of look like one of the teachers in the show, but I'm not sure who they were talking about. And I'm not really watching the show, so I'm not sure. If you think of somebody that I look like in that show, let me know. Oh, and Minehorn 
is a really funny movie about a bad 80s TV show featuring a cop with mental powers. And it's also partly set in Wales, which I knew nothing about until I watched the movie. Now, did you need all of that information? No. But did you forget that Bob spoiled the ending of To Live and Die in L.A. for a moment? Me too.